0: Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast.
1: I want to talk to you for a few minutes today about ebooks. Now, some of you are gonna say, oh Mansfield, we turn on your podcast to hear the inside story about faith and politics and DC and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's that that is certainly what I'm about. But I by way of getting there. I'm very much about how do you read, how do you stay current? Uh, how do you how do you not blow major money uh, on massive books and still stay informed? How do you keep up with the information curve? I, I mean, I've said many, many times that, uh, there is a, a doubling of knowledge in the world n- no, no less than every 36 months. I mean, no more than every 36 months. And some people say it's every 18 months in the world. There's a technological revolution now about every 24 months. I mean, it is, um, you just simply have to read and stay ahead. And since I speak mainly to leaders, many of you, most of you listening to this podcast are leaders, uh, the, the old phrase that you have to read to lead is more true than ever. You simply have to be invested in reading and learning. Well, I think ebooks are an amazing gift, but I want to talk about them. I want to talk about the best way to use them. I want to talk about what they can also mean for writers and for organizations that are trying to have an impact on the world. Uh, an ebook basically is just a digital version of a book. It's like having a a Word file of something that somebody's written, Uh, except that it's got some features attached to it. You can flip pages like they're actually pages. You can do Word searches. Um, You can have graphics in it. It can actually have the look on your Kindle or on your uh, iPad of actually being a page and actually looking like a book. And some of them actually have faux leather, you know, (laughs) on the screen and things like that. Um, Really, really can be wonderful. For many people, the switch, from an actual hard book, an actual paper book in their hand, is difficult to make. Um, most of us, I think, realize that while we're always going to use uh, paper uh, books, you know, actual books, that the combination of travel, the combination uh, combined with price, combined with ease, combined with searchability, is going to drive us to eBooks. There's, there's just no question about it. I am a guy who loves the tactile experience of a book, but. There's just no question that given how much I travel, uh, given how many books I buy, given how I need to reference them later for speeches or for writing, um, etc., etc., given even the situations in which I find myself reading, uh, you know, in in bed at night when Bev's asleep, you know, I don't turn on the lights on and wake her up or on an airplane or or who knows what, what situation. The abilities with the capabilities within an ebook to adjust the lighting and the font and all of that kind of thing, uh, all of it commends um, commends an ebook. Now, uh, ebooks are very much in their adolescence. There are a lot of things that could be done uh, that have not been done. The main two systems for reading an ebook uh, are is either iTunes, iBooks. Um, which, of course, is associated with the Mac world. And I hate to say it because I do respect Apple and what they're doing, and I use Apple products. But they have not developed uh, iBooks and the capabilities of iBooks very, very far at all. Uh, for example, you can run the program iBooks on an iPad, and you can run it on your uh, iPhone, but you cannot run it on your MacBook Pro. You can't run it on a computer. Uh, so you can't read your books. Uh, on. I- if you have iBooks, you can't read them on a computer. Now, that's just silly. And then the note taking capability is very limited. You can't copy text. Uh, you know, if we buy the book, why can't, why can't we, co- and it's sitting right there in digital form, why can't we copy it? Uh, I mean, you know, lawsuits are result of people copy whole chapters or whole books. But for those of us who write books, those of us who copy quotes, we ought to be able to take the quotes directly from the text. That, that's that's a little bit silly. In fact, you're, an author is more likely to be accurately quoted if the book is, a, if, if the, his ebook allows a person to take text directly from it. Um, so iBooks is very limited. Um, it's it's wonderful in some ways that others other systems are not. One of the things I love is that when you are uh, checking out books, considering books in the, in the iBook uh, store, in the, really it's iTunes, uh, in the bookstore, uh, you can actually download a sample of any book that they sell and read the first 15, 20, 30 pages, and then you'll come to a point where you'll have to buy the book to continue reading. Well, that that's helpful. That's helped me determine whether I want to read a lot of books. Uh, that's let me save money on books I would have bought that I realized quickly I don't want to read. All of that's very, very helpful. Okay, Um, But the system that I'm beginning to use even more now is Kindle. I don't actually have a physical Kindle reader. I use Kindle apps on my computer, on my iPad, on my iPhone. And I find the Kindle app and the Kindle system to be much more flexible. It doesn't have the sample option of iBooks. Um, But not only can I read them, as I said, on all of my devices, whereas iBooks is limited. It doesn't let you read on a computer. um, But I I can copy the text. I can do notations in the text. In fact, um, when I read a book that I'm using uh, for research purposes in Kindle... I can copy text, and when I paste it into a document of notes, it brings the footnote with it. So the footnote information automatically shows up, and I can create a very nice uh, set of notes from that book that will live forever, even if I decide to delete the book later. Uh, the notes will live forever. The quotes will live forever. The information will live forever. I cannot tell you uh, how much time that saves me, and it also saves me a great deal of time uh, to be able to read on my MacBook Pro and not just uh only be able to read on my iPad or, or my iPhone. I read a lot on airplanes. Sometimes you can't get to your stuff. Sometimes your battery's dead. It's just nice to have all of that. Plus uh, I can use the mouse to copy text and so on. So all of that is wonderful. Um, and I, I'm i just saying you, you really need to have the ability to read eBooks um, and use one of these devices. And right now, Kindle is, in my opinion, vastly superior to iBooks. Now, for many of you who are leaders, people who lead churches, people who lead synagogues, people who lead religious organizations or political organizations, the, the using, the creating of ebooks is going to be something that's uh, really uh, magical for you. It's going to enhance your message dramatically. Because the fact is, anybody uh, who has a computer can produce an ebook. Um, it's, it really is very simple. Now they aren't necessarily the quality that they, that you might want them to be. That will take some time and some investment. Um, but my firm is right now in the process of producing eBooks. Now we haven't actually put them on the market, but we've taken some of my old books, begun to experiment with this process. We are producing eBooks that look exactly like what's being downloaded on iBooks and off iTunes. Um, you can put in initial graphics, um, the search capabilities are there. The, the note-taking functions can be there, and this can be as simple as as using Pages, which is the Mac version of Word, uh, Microsoft Word, a word processing software. Um, I use Pages. I, I either write in Pages or I incorporate text into Pages, and I can produce an ebook. Now, I want you to think about what that means. It means that any of you who are aspiring writers uh, can produce an ebook. Uh, the moment you're done writing, the moment the, book, the text is edited, you can produce an ebook that has a nice look to it uh, and that you can sell from your own website. You can promote yourself by distributing an email that allows the downloading of that ebook. Um, religious organizations, uh, political organizations, every kind of organization um, can distribute uh, free, uh, books free or not, uh, an ebook, and it hardly costs anything. Uh, You ought to be able to go, for example, to, let's just say, the Republican or the Democratic uh, websites... Uh, main websites or campaign websites and download not just you know, dull speeches from politicians but how about the e-books that are the building blocks of their worldview? how about their writings on certain uh, issues how about their favorite poems even for the people who want more of the social side uh, how about the reflections of their wife on childbearing who knows, I mean that's what Mrs. Romney's speech was about at the Republican convention maybe, maybe people want to download that kind of thing it doesn't cost hardly anything to produce it And there it can be uh, on a website for download. and, And most of the people you're trying to affect in a political campaign will have some way to read it. Now, for a church or for an organization of that nature there is no question uh, that your website ought to have a bookstore and your staff's books ought to be there and other materials that people need. In fact, I think the idea of distributing even curriculum material by paper uh, is becoming passe. Almost everyone in your church, certainly every family, has an ability to access an e-book. So this is better for writers. This is better for organizations. And what's going to happen is this is just going to increase. So there's just no question about the fact um, that ebooks are getting better and better. Now, I know some folks in the industry are going to say, well, the ebook sales have leveled off. Uh, and they've even declined a bit. That's true, but they're not going away. And part of the reason, I think, that they've leveled off uh, is that they are not improving. They're not getting better. They're not impressing us. The uh, Mac has dramatically let us down with iBooks. The capabilities are limited. They haven't expanded dramatically. And in fact, in some of the recent incarnations of iBooks, they've taken some capabilities away. So there will be other uh, services like iBooks and Kindle. There will be other ways of doing eBooks, um, and I'm telling you, this is a way that we really can uh, have an impact. It won't surprise me eventually um, if uh, private schools, for example, have their entire curriculum almost uh, in ebook form. Uh, it saves money, it saves time, it saves trees. Um, it, they're easily more easily replaced. Uh, you're likely not to keep a textbook for the rest of your life. You are likely to keep a digital book loaded somewhere on your hard drive, maybe for the rest of your life. So uh, it's absolutely essential. That you have a way to access ebooks, and in fact, I'm beginning to read uh, material, uh, what they call Kindle shorts, which are briefer books written sp- only in ebook. Uh, in politics, many of the best, much of the best material is only in ebook form, and and these shorts, as they call them, maybe ten thousand words, are written by experts. You download it, you read it quickly, you digest a lot of information. This is the future. This is the way it's likely to go and so i urge you to have a way to read ebooks i urge you those of you who are writers or organizations affecting culture i urge you to start to produce ebooks uh, start to have bookstores uh, as part of what you do, virtual bookstores, and, um, and then help exert pressure for change because ebooks can save us money. They can raise the level of education. Uh, they can make things possible that weren't before. They can make some things fair that weren't before. You know, my daughter goes to a school where last semester she spent $1,200 for actual hardback textbooks. That's ridiculous. Those books, probably an ebook don't need to be more than a 100 or two. if that, the whole thing, as we know, is a scam. Um, this, beca- the ebooks become the great leveler. They, become, they make things possible that aren't otherwise. And let me just close with this thought. I was in DC last week and somebody showed me a, a medical textbook on an iPad and And the guy, the medical student, could actually do a form of surgery, kind of a virtual form of surgery. He could peel back the layers of the body, he could peel back by just just in the finest kind of layers, organs he could he could watch how things work. he could watch how a lung worked when it had a certain kind of cancer and then more cancer and then more cancer. What does a sore throat look like? What does a, 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 a obstructed bowel look like? I mean that may not be exciting to you, but this This was changing his world, and what brought tears to my eyes is that this was a foreign exchange student, essentially, uh, from an African country that doesn't have a massive amount of money, but they can train their people uh, with iPads uh, and this software uh, in ways that could never have happened before. We are living in an information and knowledge and educational revolution, and you want to be in the middle of it.
0: Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN, and a blogger for a number of leading online news services. His groundbreaking books on faith and American society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Faith of Barack Obama, The Mormonizing of America, and the soon-to-be-released Lincoln's Battle with God. You can learn more about Stephen at www.mansfieldgroup.com and connect with him on Facebook and on Twitter under the name Mansfield Writes. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is produced by Isaac Darnell for Chartwell Literary Group.